Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to our next edition of Irish Illustrated Insiders Recruiting Extra. I'm Pete Sampson, joined as always by Kevin Sinclair. We've got a bunch of stuff to talk about with a home game coming up this weekend. Definitely three official visitors of note, maybe a fourth as well. We're going to talk about that in the first segment. Also sort of recap some of the performances from Notre Dame's commits last week, including some injuries. Uh, We'll get into that more in the five guys. But I guess, Kevin, let's talk about the the three official visitors and maybe the fourth, uh, who's probably going to be there in an unofficial capacity since he lives down the street from Notre Dame anyway. But um, Thomas Booker. We've talked about forever Joseph Osai, who I haven't talked about a whole lot, uh, and Kyler Gordon, somebody that you've connected with quite a bit too, and then Paul Moala would be that official slash unofficial visitor since he goes to Penn High School, which is about fifteen minutes away from Notre Dame. I guess what what are the most interesting parts of of the recruitments of the four guys that are coming in this weekend? Yeah, some pretty important, um, you know. Uh, Target's going to be on campus on Saturday. I think that the Kyler Gordon um, visit is, um, in my opinion, probably the most important given just the importance of adding cornerbacks and quality cornerbacks. And, um, you know, Kyler Gordon is a 3.81 GPA kid, um, really talented corner who I feel, um, you know, sort of has the maturity and uh, athleticism um, that sort of leads me to believe that he really could come in and play early. Um, you know, he's, I really, really enjoy, you know, checking out his film. He's an exciting player to watch. Um, you know, so he's coming out to Notre Dame. He's sort of in really good with uh, Brian Pulliam really has enjoyed, um, you know, his recruitment speaking with Brian Pullian, uh, a little bit of Mike Elko in there as well. And of course, Todd Light, uh, he has a, a uh, at our Archbishop Murphy uh, school he goes to, there's a few ND alum um, on staff at his school that have spoken with him a lot. And the one thing that sort of um, that gives me some confidence that Notre Dame really has a shot is, you know, when talking to him about what it is about Notre Dame that he, you know, is really interested in, uh, he brings up the alumni base and just the opportunities um, that he'll get with, you know, earning a Notre Dame degree. So, you know, I sort of see that, think that is priorities are in the you know the place where Notre Dame would want them to be in a recruitment so um, Washington obviously um, in the in really good with Kyler Gordon Stanford Notre Dame is sort of I think are right there on their heels uh, UCLA and USC I think are a little bit further behind um, but that's a really important visit in week one I don't know if he you know, schedule it for week one because he just couldn't wait to get to Notre Dame or if it just fit his schedule that way. We'll see. Um, only visiting TCU after that. Um, and then, of course, a pair of, you know, really solid four-star defensive ends. Joseph Osai from Texas, um, you know, more of a weak side defensive end. About 6'4", 220, you know, in the low 220s. Um, really explosive kid with a, just like an A plus frame for that position. He's going to be able to add a lot of you know quality mass 
to his frame. Um, he seems like a really well-coached kid. If you watch his film, his sort of um, polished pass rush moves, um, has some really good natural athleticism, really long arms, um, sort of that rangy type frame that you want to see. Um, you know, he hasn't been to Notre Dame before, and frankly, most were really surprised when he added Notre Dame in his top three with Texas and Texas A&M. Um, I've, you know, I'm definitely leaning towards thinking that he'll end up staying in Texas, and that's sort of what I've heard from speaking with different sources, um, sort of close to Texas and in that region. Um, but he's, you know, he maintains that he's high on Notre Dame. I've spoken with people um, you know, in the know about Osai and they all sort of feel like Texas would be it, but you know, you have to wonder how much uh, interest he does have in Notre Dame. He'd be visiting in week one. Um, you know, it sounds like he is going to sort of maybe make his decision, but not announce it until national signing day. So I don't know if we'll sort of, um, get a good feel for where he's at at some point before, uh, he makes his announcement. Or, um, of course, you know, adding that weak side defensive end is important. So obviously, it'd be good to know before National Signing yeah. Day. But, but yeah, we'll see sort of how that goes. I mean, of course, Thomas Booker, um, Notre Dame's you know sort of top target at the strong side. Not as important as adding a weak side defensive end, but a guy they've been recruiting for a long time, very hard nonetheless. Um, you know, I watched his game on um, Saturday. I believe it was. Uh, at 6'5", 290, I couldn't help but, you know, sort of draw some comparisons in my mind to um, uh, to Stefan Tua, just size-wise, not really speaking about his skill set necessarily, but, you know, just that big, hulking defensive end. Um, he's really physical. Uh, you know, he rushes the passer off the edge really well for a big guy. Um, but the question always is how much bigger is he going to get and will he lose speed or explosiveness as a result and all of that. And I, I think, you know, we spoke about this before. I think he's a guy that if, if you get him, you um, make a plan with the strength and conditioning program to get him where he needs to be to compete at strong side defensive end. That's where Notre Dame needs help. Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Thomas Booker's skill set myself, and I think, uh, you know, he's ranked where he should be. I believe he's around 135 at the moment. Um, so that's going to be a really important visit. He was going to visit for the elite lineman camp in June. Um, there was a death in his family, unfortunately, and he, he couldn't make that. I don't know that he has an official visit set for Stanford yet. Um, but I believe that's probably the only other visit he'll take. His head coach told us it's going to, you know, almost definitely be down to Notre Dame and Stanford has a few um, former teammates uh, currently playing at Stanford. Um, he took summer courses at Stanford. So that's a, a bit of a nightmare situation for Notre Dame, um, you know, having to worry about that. But, um, you know, nonetheless, he loves Notre Dame. He really, really enjoyed his visit. Um, and he's, he speaks with uh, several of the current commits. Um, I know he speaks with the Twins and he speaks with Micah Jones and different uh, prospects like that. And they all feel, you know, pretty confident about it. And we'll, we'll see how that goes. Paul Moala, not officially set to visit um, this weekend, uh, told me yesterday that he's um, trying to make it and that he was going to get a hold of staff last night. Um, he's, uh, you know... Notre Dame's the, the whole safety situation has been really interesting to follow with, you know, BJ Crims, a guy who could earn an offer next weekend coming up from Georgia, uh, Julius Irvin, you know, one of the better you know safety prospects on their whole, uh, 
and their whole offer board. Um, you know, big, big sort of body kid with good speed from a, you know, Servite. Um, in California, a program they've done really well with. D'Angelo McKenzie, uh, I think he's made it pretty clear that Notre Dame is his top school. Uh, rewrote his SAT on the weekend. I believe he wrote it on Saturday in, in a few weeks. Um, you know, if he makes, he told me he had to score 1,100. Um, you know, if he if he makes that grade, we'll see if he gets the green light. So, you know, sort of a bunch of safeties here um, who all sort of see, seem like, outside of Julius Servan, all sort of seem like they want to go to Notre Dame. Um, not a glaring weakness with Derek Allen in there. Um, Alohi Gilman and then adding two solid safeties last cycle, but sure, sure seems like um, they do want to add that other safety. Paul Moala, you know, he had a big diving interception last weekend to secure the win. If you look at his film from last year, seven interceptions, four return for touchdowns, 63 tackles. He's up to 200 pounds now. Um, I'm really impressed with him. Um, I think that I mean, Julius Irvin is really uh, a talented prospect, but I don't think Paul Moal is far off. He's a really talented kid. So, you know, some important visitors. It's going to be interest- interesting to see how it all pans out. Yeah, it's like with Osai, I'm with you. that If he left Texas, I would be shocked. I remember when he came out with his top three and Notre Dame was in it. And that was that was a surprise around here. Um, it was certainly a surprise to people who covered his recruitment because I thought his top three was going to be A&M, Texas, and Baylor. Um, so the fact that Notre Dame's getting him on campus, that's a positive. You know, you, have, you can't hit a home run if you don't get a chance to get up to the plate. So I think that's sort of where they are with Osai. Gordon and Book are, to me, more important just because they're more realistic. Uh, Gordon, for the reasons you mentioned, they need cornerbacks pretty badly. Uh, This is a high academic kid. You know, you're going against Washington coming off a college football playoff year. Stanford has beaten Notre Dame somewhat regularly uh, for West Coast prospects and then on the field the last few years. Uh, Booker, Stanford, Notre Dame again. It certainly seems like he's going to end up at one of those two schools. And you mentioned sort of the Notre Dame commits have been on him a little bit. Jimmy and Franklin's definitely in that group. Because uh, they were former teammates briefly at Gilman, where uh, Booker still attends. So, I'm I'm curious to see what happens with Booker and Gordon Osai. I feel like for all the talk about how he's open to leaving Texas, I that's kind of like I'll believe that when I see it. Um, mm-hmm. But like, like I said, you got to take a shot with them. You get a shot this weekend. Uh, so these are probably your four visitors this weekend. We'll see some underclassmen too, as there always are for these kinds of events. Um, and then obviously the Georgia game coming up next weekend is going to be huge uh, for recruiting. And that's probably a good segue into uh, the five guys because two of my guys are probably going to be in town for the Georgia weekend. Uh, but, Kevin, you're going to do three this week. So why don't you start us off? Sure. Yeah, I'll start off with Jack Lamb. Uh, obviously, Notre Dame's linebacker commit. Mike Linebacker, 6'4", 225 pounds out of Temecula, California, uh, Great Oak High School. Uh, ranked in the top 100 at 96 overall. Uh, the number two inside linebacker in California, number three in the West, and number four nationally. Um, had 23 offers, came down to Oregon, Notre Dame, UCLA, uh, Washington, and Ben State. Obviously chose Notre Dame. Um, suffered a knee injury on Friday, uh, I guess in the second quarter. Uh, someone, I believe it was an offensive lineman, landed on him. And he kind of hobbled, played the next play, and then came off. Um, I spoke with his father yesterday. They just sort of gotten the results. His father told me that, you know, he came down to the sideline and 
and Jack just had his head down. His demeanor is sort of in a state that he hadn't sort of seen before. Um, definitely didn't uh, re-enter the game. Uh, they luckily got into um, an MRI the next morning. Um, you know, he, he was really happy about how quickly they got it all done. Usually he sort of talked to me about the process is really outstanding. He said, usually it's about five days talking with an insurance company before you can even get in. And then you have to get the MRI done and then wait for the radiologist and all of this. But they had some connections sort of through their program. Um, you know, a family friend whose son plays with Jack and they've known for 10 years as a doctor and was able to get in to see him the next day. Anyhow, um, the, the good news is there's, uh, doesn't look like there's any serious ligament damage, anything of that nature, you know, MCL or LCL damage. They're great. Um, what it looks like is a severe bruise of, uh, the joint, the patella joint. Um, it said they didn't see any slight tear of the patella it could possibly be there, but, um, as of now, no tearing or anything like that. Sounds like, uh, probably just going to be out six weeks. He's going to be doing some rehab. Um, you know, it sounded like they got in touch with Clark Lee right away. Jack was really concerned about his scholarship, those things that go through your mind when you suffer a knee injury, when you're a committed prospect um, in your senior year, like you would, uh, especially a knee injury. Clark Lee really, you know, got the point across to just basically saying, like, listen, I don't care if you tore your ACL or broke both your legs. We are – you committed to us and we're committed to you. You're coming to Notre Dame. Don't worry about any of that. So they were really reassured there. The family were, you know, really enthused with that, really happy about Clark Lee. You know, he dealt with that situation. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like they're going to reassess it in six weeks and see how it is. And basically his father told me that unless he is 100 percent and there is you know, no risk, he feels 100 percent comfortable with his knee, um, he, he'll, he, won't, he wouldn't return to, to the field this year. So, um you know, we'll see how it goes. He, of course, he'd love to get in there. He's the leader of that team. He may return this season, so we'll see sort of how that goes. I would more lean towards thinking he probably would. He's going to want to get back on the field and help his team. So we'll see how that goes, but that was really good news for Notre Dame, of course. Yeah, uh, my, my guy is also injured. Uh, Tommy Tremble, the tight end from Georgia, uh, who went down with a, a lower body injury. I think it was an ankle, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yes, yeah, last weekend had a, got off to a pretty good start. Finished with nine tackles, four catches, 39 yards. Um, at least that's his early season production. And um, you know he is planning to be at the Georgia game next week. We'll see if he continues to show up post injury. Uh, sometimes that can uh, scuttle official visit plans. But I think with his dad having played at Georgia. I could see them going above and beyond to make the effort to get up here for that official visit. Um, I don't think the injury is serious enough that Notre Dame is going to reevaluate its take of Tommy Tremble because they are looking to take um, a more Alize Mack type 10 in to go with George Takis, who's more of your uh, Durham Smythe, Rock Wright style tight end. And that will be something to monitor moving forward, but Overall, I don't think much has changed with Notre Dame and Tommy Tremble, um, even without the injury. But it's uh, just sort of a difficult start to the season for a guy who was probably one of the more intriguing prospects on the board just because nobody knew a whole lot about him before the year. Uh, and then he came out of nowhere over the spring and summer, unranked a lot of places uh, during spring ball. And now he's sitting there with you know Notre Dame and Georgia coming pretty hard after him. So... 
Tommy Tremble, he's number two for me this week. Yeah, uh, it, to sort of um, add to that, I you know was thinking about what other tight end they could possibly you know sort of recruit. I got in touch with Mustafa Muhammad. Sounds like the, he's not really in touch with Notre Dame much anymore. And it was sort of a very low maybe when I asked uh, the tight end if he was going to visit Notre Dame. So. Yeah, Tommy Tremble's definitely their one and only sort of tight end uh, option there. Um, my next guy, 2019 cornerback Jalen Perry, uh, six foot one, 175 pounds, out of Dacula, Georgia, Dacula High School, uh, four star prospect, uh, 15 offers: Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Mississippi State, North Carolina State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Stanford, Tennessee, and others. Um, this is a really impressive prospect. Um, I took in his film and impressed with him. It's great size, great range, really, really quick instincts. Um, I, and that sort of made sense when I spoke with him. Really intelligent kid. Notre Dame offered on Monday night. Um, you know, he was invited to Irish Invasion. This is a, a kid that they've been, you know, has been on the radar for quite a while. Couldn't make Irish Invasion as he, I guess he had his wisdom teeth taken out that week, so couldn't make it. But anyhow, um, 3.8 GPA um, told me he's really pushing to get that up to 4.0. Comes from a really strong academic background, which is uh, why I feel confident Notre Dame, you know, is really going to be in this one. He told me Notre Dame, you know, he's quite certain that they'll be in the mix to the very end. Um, He's aiming at going to the Georgia game on September 9th. Um, you know, really likes Todd Light. You went on quite a bit about Todd Light, um, loves his accomplishments, really likes his, uh, how enthusiastic he is about the program and all of that. Knows Derek Allen as well. He's going to be speaking with him about Notre Dame. And you know, it sort of made me think, you know, maybe this uh, this guy, Jalen Perry, could be sort of the 2019 Derek Allen for Notre Dame, the, you know, a really top defensive back from Georgia, really focused on academics, likes what Notre Dame has to offer and, and decides to go to Notre Dame. We'll see. Uh, how that shapes up, but keep your eye on him. Um, you know, definitely a kid who could maybe could possibly play some safety. I've seen some talk out there about that. Last season had 40 tackles, uh, broke up 11 passes, five interceptions, and added 245 yards on offense. So um, definitely a really solid prospect here. Yeah, next up for me, uh, Kalen Gervin, former Notre Dame commitment who now is a return to Notre Dame prospect, I guess, would be the best yeah. way to put that. I mean, Kevin, you were in touch with them. He's talking about coming to Georgia. Now he's talking about coming to Georgia and USC. I would assume that he'll be at least one of them. Um, You know, to take an official visit is basically a paid trip to Notre Dame with free tickets to USC or Georgia. So why not? Um, Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to really get a handle on this one. When he committed back in February uh, out of Cass Tech in Detroit, that was kind of a shocker because Notre Dame doesn't get anybody out of Cass Tech. Um, it's just not a school that, that tracks very well here. Um, but he said he wanted to do something different and then backed off of that. So it's, it's hard for me to, to feel confident one way or the other on where Notre Dame stands with Kalen Gervin. But if you're getting him back on campus, that's a positive. He says that he thinks he can play right away at Notre Dame. That's probably true because they didn't sign a cornerback last year and they don't have a cornerback committed this year. But, uh, when I saw him at the opening, he was he was pretty good about out there. Didn't really do anything spectacular, but when he was there, he was talking more about Louisville, West Virginia, Virginia Tech type of schools. And that's Notre Dame doesn't get into a whole lot of recruiting 
back and forth with Louisville or West Virginia type prospects. So mm-hmm. I'm, I guess I, I want to know more about what's changed there. Cause when he decommitted, Gervin talked about how he didn't feel like he was getting enough love from the Irish staff, which didn't really make very much sense uh, because by rule, you can only visit twice during the spring evaluation period uh, and Notre Dame wanted to visit him twice. So I, I, I want to see where this goes. Um, but it is an interesting development that he's showing a return interest in Notre Dame. And that's just sort of the state of Notre Dame's recruiting situation at cornerback where a guy just showing interest qualifies as an interesting development. But, uh, Kalon Gervin, a blast from the past is worth uh, remembering again. So he's number four for me this week. Yeah. My last guy, our fifth guy, John Olmstead, 2019 offensive tackle, six foot six, 290 pounds out of Metuchen, New Jersey, St. Joseph, uh, ranked number 66 overall, uh, the number one offensive tackle in New Jersey, number two in the East, number seven nationally, 21 offers Duke, Maryland, Minnesota, Nebraska, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Northwestern, Oklahoma, Penn State, Pitt, UCLA, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, Wisconsin, lots of others. Um, visited Notre Dame on June 23rd and, and received an offer, was on a bit of a visit tour at that time, went to Northwestern first, uh, Wisconsin uh, next. I believe he got an offer when he was at Wisconsin. And then Notre Dame, um, same day Notre Dame offered him, Ohio State offered him. Um, really great prospects here. Um, you know, at six six two ninety, you got to really like his size, but really bright kid as well. Does really well in school. Um, just a, a tough offensive lineman. I think he's going to be really great at the, at the college level. Um, you know, interesting thing when I was speaking with him, um, you know, I, I found it, you know, kind of a cool situation where Notre Dame sort of has these two 2019 offensive tackles. They're kind of at the top of their board that they've offered early in um, John Olmstead and Quinn Carroll. Um, both, you know, sort of from big 10 country, big kids, uh, both the exact same size, both six, six, two ninety. There's so many comparisons there. And, uh, um, you, you know, he said that he actually speaks with Quinn, Quinn Carroll, um, consistently. And, you know, they talk a lot about recruiting and mention that they, you know, and even discuss about what it'd be like to possibly go to the same program. And, you know, I just thought maybe it'd be, you know, be quite a situation if they sort of had, a. You know, like like they had in 2016, adding both Tommy Kramer and Liam Eichenberg. Maybe Notre Dame will be able to pull off a situation like that in 2019 as well. Certainly Quinn Carroll and John Olmstead. That would be uh, a huge, huge combination there for Notre Dame. So um, anyhow, he said he's going to be visiting for the Navy game. Um, that's going to be a big visit for him. Plays a lot of games on Saturdays. Um, has a really sort of busy schedule, so can't make any visits until after his high school season's over. Uh, so that's why, you know, the first weekend after his season's over, he's visiting Notre Dame for the Navy game. Uh, doesn't have other visits set up yet. City so sort of waiting till September 1st rolls around, which is just around the corner right now. To sort of That's when college coaches are, will be able to get, uh, you know, contact recruits from the 2019 class. That'll give him a better idea of which schools really are recruiting him hard So because um, you'd like to sort of, pair down his list a little bit not too long after that so we'll see how that goes but I feel really good about Notre Dame's chances with John Olmstead. I do I, I feel like um they you know he's not into naming leaders at the moment but I think Notre there's a good chance Notre Dame does sort of sit on the top of his list right now um you know he's a kid he's, he's he said he's not imp- you know impressed or you know um 
putting, you know, how good facilities are. He said, I'm not interested in locker rooms or jerseys and that sort of thing. I'm really interested in the people um, that I'm going to be around. And as a result of that, he really has liked Notre Dame and Minnesota. Those are two schools you mentioned that he really likes. So, um, you know, taking into consideration, he has all these huge offers and Minnesota is one of his top schools because of the people there. I think that says a lot about him. And uh, that's a kid that I'm definitely keeping a close eye on. Yeah, it's, uh, you kind of look at the Quinn Carroll-Olmstead combination, feels like, it just seems like those guys are going to be in Notre Dame's next class, doesn't it? It sort of does, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like you had an offensive lineman from Big Ten country who's kind of, I mean, kind of a, a Notre Dame-type family, and then you got a, a kid from New Jersey. I mean, it's... You feel like Notre Dame with Jacob Lacey on board, Cade McNamara on board, that these two guys maybe won't be the next two to fall. But, man, by the time next season starts, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about Olmstead and Carroll as part of Notre Dame's next next class. It just uh, yeah. yeah, it just feels that yep. way to me. Car- yeah, Carroll will be visiting for the U.S. this year. Yeah, yeah, they both I feel, they, they Yeah, both, I know that. Yeah, they just both. Yeah, I know like that Notre, Notre Dame will be in the mix guys. for him. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Well, that's it for this week's Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday. Uh, remember, that's sort of our new recruiting podcast publication day because that's our regular Irish Illustrated Insider podcasts are rolling out Mondays and Thursdays during the season. So we'll be back then. We'll see if Notre Dame picks up a surprise commitment over this weekend. Obviously, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the Georgia game. Uh, the guys coming in for that how Notre Dame might be able to move the needle on its class uh, in that department. So a lot of good stuff coming up on Notre Dame's recruiting angles. We'll cover it all next week and the rest of the season here on Notre Dame's Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra Podcast. I'm Pete Sampson, joined as always by Kevin Sinclair. Thanks for listening. This podcast is sponsored by Duloc Leadership. I'm Len Clark of Duloc Leadership. A DISC personality profile workshop will help you and your organization improve its communication, enhance team performance, and increase customer service. In other words, it will save you money. To learn more about a DISC facilitated workshop, contact me at 219-771-1004.